This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. It's been a crazy year and a half, and as we move into September, it doesn't seem to be getting any less crazy, but it's still important to think about the future. How do you protect what you've worked so hard to get? How do you make sure you've positioned properly to look after you, your retirement, and your family? I'm Martin Strong, and on Vancouver Consumer this afternoon, we'll get some answers from the folks at Macmillan Estate Planning. They've got lots of great ideas. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. The owners of two businesses in Stanley Park spent the past week threatening to sue the Vancouver Park Board because of the aggressive coyote problems. Uh, Wally Opal, the lawyer who represents the Prospect Point Bar and Grill, says the restaurants have suffered financially over the coyote attacks and they are considering legal action. Opal says the attacks have kept people out of the park. And the hit to their bottom line needs to be recovered, especially since the park has been closing at 7 p.m. Opal adds that the park board has a responsibility to ensure that the park is safe for all people to go in. And uh, they just haven't done that. The latest threat of legal action is on top of a suit already underway from the restaurants over the creation of bike lanes in the park, which limit parking. Since December 2020, more than 40 people have been attacked by coyotes in the park. And the BC Conservation Officer has, or Officer Service rather, has euthanized seven coyotes. Shovels broke ground this past Thursday, marking the official start of construction on Richmond's new Capstan Canada Line station after nearly a decade of planning. Richmond Mayor Malcolm Brody was joined by TransLink's new CEO Kevin Quinn, along with two city councillors at the site of the new $52 million station at the intersection of Number 3 Road and Capstan Way between the Bridgeport and Aberdeen stations. Uh, The station is intended to support the growing community in the Capstan Village area where they figure they'll see up to 6,000 new homes being built, bringing another 16,000 people to Richmond. Uh, The mayor says this new station will be built right in the heart of this growing community. Uh, Capstan Station will also feature uh, dual escalators and a longer platform to accommodate three car trains in the future. In addition, there will be a public plaza consisting of a commercial retail unit next to the ticket area at the station's single south-facing entrance. There'll be bike lockers, public art, and very bright lighting. Do you have a PayPal account that you hardly ever use? You might want to log on soon. PayPal in Canada will be introducing a new annual account inactivity fee this November. That's right. PayPal is going to charge you 20 bucks because you aren't using PayPal. Similar fees have been announced at different times for other countries. Uh, For example, on the UK PayPal site, the inactivity fee there was implemented in December of last year. It states that accounts inactive for 12 months will be charged the fee. According to the UK site, you just have to log in to avoid the fee and the funds will be taken from the amount currently in the the account. So if there's less than the fee left in the account, 
they'll stop at zero. Whether the Canadian inactivity fee will match the UK version is not currently known. And do you know that it's Le Burger Week? It's actually two weeks this year, in the first two weeks of September. It's based in Quebec, but Le Burger Week has about a thousand restaurants across the country participating, including a bunch right here in the Lower Mainland. During the next couple of weeks, diners are encouraged to visit participating restaurants. This year, there are 22 burgers available in 32 venues in Metro Vancouver, with a few other options elsewhere in the province, namely in Squamish and in the Okanagan. You can find the names and locations online at leburgerweek.com. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Still to come, it's the folks at Macmillan Estate Planning, which will help us prepare for 2022 when it comes to looking after your nest egg. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And as we move into September after the past year, year and a half, uh, it, it's, it feels strange looking into the future with the upcoming election coming up, the general unpredictability that comes in today's post-COVID world. A lot of changes set to happen, and uh, both both for individuals and business owners on the brink of retirement, uh, they have a lot to contend with, more now than ever before, to protect their wealth now and in the future. So, how do you plan? Uh, how do how do you how do you uh, sort of uh, naturally uh, avoid the risks and take advantage of the opportunities that continue to be moving targets. Well, today we have a couple of experts in that area from Macmillan Estate Planning, Jack Liu and Paul Lindsay. I'll, first of all, I'll, I'll introduce you one at a time. Hi, Jack. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Martin? Very good. And Paul over there. How are you doing, Paul? I'm very well indeed. It's good to be here, Martin. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, estate planning. Macmillan Estate Planning is the company. You can find them online, macmillanestate.com. And estate planning is one of those things. It's not usually a a party topic. People are kind of afraid (laughs) to talk about estate planning. Would you say that's true, Paul? Yeah, I I don't think I could have put it any better, really, Martin. I think you're absolutely right to say that. There's a a certain morbidity about it. People assume that planning your estate is all about, you know, what happens when you die. It it, it really isn't that. It's about, you know, giving you that opportunity to, to grab hold of your estate so that it can, you know, do what you want it to do whilst you're alive. And yes, of course, you know, people will often want to you know, leave a legacy to their their families, to charities and things of that nature. But it really isn't as depressing as, uh, you know, as some people think. Let's put it that way. Right. And Jack, what's what's the first thing you say to people when they bring up the the concept of estate planning? Maybe they haven't done it yet and they're thinking about doing it. What's the first thing you tell somebody when they're who are who is thinking about estate planning? Yeah, well, that's a great question, Martin. The first thing that I would absolutely tell them uh, to to be clear in their mind is how do they want their assets and family members, you know, the loved ones that they care about, to be protected. Protection against, you know, third third party claim on the assets. You know, uh, protection against, you know, potential uh, third party taking advantage of our loved ones, and certainly, uh, of course, the protection from unnecessary taxation on our estate. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's let's jump right in. Uh, we're talking to Jack Lou and Paul Lindsay from Macmillan Estate Planning. MacmillanEstate.com is the website. And uh, Paul, uh, I, I just read a poll that nearly three quarters of business owners in Canada intend to exit their business by 2028, which is coming up, and a sizable percentage are looking to retire in the next year because because of COVID and they had to put it off. So what advice do you have for business owners who are on the brink of retirement? What should they be thinking about right now? That's, uh, Martin, that's a really relevant question, um, particularly, you know, in the uh, in, in, in the current climate. Now, we tend to find that the clients in that scenario where they are staring down the barrel of retirement, even, you know, um, a couple of years prior, they are concerned about, well, how do I go about transitioning? Could be a business, could be a farm, a fishery, or of course, a winery to my next generation without getting, well, for want of a better phrase, destroyed by the tax liability. Um, and, and actually, it, it, it's, uh, it's, as I said, it's particularly pertinent at the moment because we have some new legislation on the horizon. And, and I appreciate this. You know, it might not be the, the sexiest of titles, perhaps, but this Bill C-208, okay, right. is the, the new piece of legislation. Um, it's, it's designed to help small business owners transition their business to the next generation in a much more straightforward and more tax efficient manner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the, you know, as I said, it has the potential to be, be a fantastic estate planning tool. I think the only thing that, that I would say at this point is we are, you know, within the office, we're exercising a little bit of caution here, just whilst, you know, the bill is, 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 is a baby, quite frankly, whilst it's in its infancy, and it's being interpreted by CRA and practitioners. There, there are usually a couple of sort of, you know, uh, inevitable sort of teething issues, but, but it's there, and it's, it's certainly going to be relevant, and that, that's a good thing. Right. So, so it's Bill C-208, and it's a change to the tax law. So, so Jack, uh, I mean, we, we just heard that you guys are a little cautiously optimistic, but this is going to be a good thing for people who are retiring soon. Uh, the spirit of this piece of legislation is positive, uh, as like, like Paul alluded to, you know, for especially small business owners, Canadian farmers, fishers, and, and winemakers who grow grapes, you know, in, their, in the back of their wineries. We see a lot of them uh, in, in British Columbia. Uh, you know, the, the current law uh, or, you know, the section that, that is about to change because of this legislation in the Income Tax Act made it really difficult for children uh, to use a corporation to buy shares of, of those small businesses, you know, family farm and, and fishing corporation from their parents. Uh, but the new rule attempts to level the playing field, so to speak, to kind of alleviate this problem by allowing a sale to the family members uh, or, you know, purchasers from their family uh, of those shares to result in a capital gain and the ability to use the capital gains exemption to reduce the income tax. So, so yes, Martin, to your question, th- this bill in general is a good thing for small business. So it's a good thing for small business, but also it's a reason why you should have a professional helping you out with your estate planning, because I guess there's a lot of ins and outs 
when there, especially when there's new legislation, hey? Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, uh, because of uh, how new it is and, and of course, the potential uh, tax consequence or, you know, uh, the consequence that in, in the tax revenue uh, for the government. So the, the Department of Finance is in the process of, of you know, adjusting some of the language, uh, uh, you know, in this piece of legislation. So hopefully uh, the, you know, uh, the, the objective of this uh, legislation still keep, uh, is kept in con- uh, I mean, intact. But uh, what's important for the business owners is, is that, uh, you know, they should seek proper tax planning advice or estate planning advice uh, from, a, from a, you know, con- consulting firm like us uh, to, to just uh, uh, plan for uh, the transition of their business. Yeah, and to avoid things like, uh, I'm just seeing here uh, the phrase double taxed, you want to avoid that? Uh, certainly, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're a small business owner and you're you're getting ready to to retire and pass it on, what are what are the first steps that you should take? Uh, Martin, uh, I always uh, you know talk to my my clients or prospective clients about uh, envisioning their their retirements, right? Uh, they should have, uh, uh, you know, a pretty good idea, you know, when they want to retire, how they want to retire. Um, the challenge for small business owners especially is is usually uh, the, the mentality, uh, you know, once they say once you're an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur for life. So perhaps, uh, you know, having a heart stop, have a deadline by which they have to stop working is, isn't going to work. But there are many opportunities business owners can take advantage even right now as they probably are not ready to retire, but, you know, um, are are thinking about potentially, you know, when to retire and where to retire uh, to save some taxes and to make sure that the transition transition phase uh, occurs uh, as smoothly as possible. Right. We're talking to Jack Liu and Paul Lindsay. They're a couple of estate planners from Macmillan Estate Planning. You can find them online at macmillanestate.com. And uh, Paul, you, you guys have some seminars coming up, virtual seminars. I guess you might call them webinars. Uh, there's one coming up on Wednesday at 6.30. What can people expect from these uh, virtual seminars? Well, I mean, I, I suppose straight off the top, Martin, they will have the evening of their lives. I can guarantee them that. But maybe that's maybe that's overpromising, but uh, oh, why not? You know, we will. We 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 cover as a, as a matter of course. You know, uh, a number of of typical estate planning topics. Um, things like tax planning, legal and, and trust planning. Uh, we look at things like business succession, uh, U.S. estate tax issues for, you know, for, for our Canadian clients, asset and investment protection, generational planning, and, and certainly last but by no means least, you know, we look at the sort of use of, of charitable giving as well. Um, you know, as you, as you say, it is, it's, uh, it's in webinar form, you know, as things stand. I mean, it's um, like so many things, that's something of a of, of being a, a, a victim of the the pandemic, but you know that's not to say that you you know you lose any of the the informative aspects. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a it's a good sort of uh, a, a free way to get in and get some some good advice exactly. because I think I think a lot of people probably um, 
um, they might not know exactly uh, that they do need estate planning. So what what is, is the biggest misconception that you find, uh, Paul, when it comes to what people think estate planning is and what it really is? Um, I, I think one of the biggest misconceptions, apart from the one that I, I sort of talked about before, that it's all about dying, I suppose in, in many ways, <laughs> dovetail, it, it does dovetail from that, that, that people assume that, well, you know, I have a will, maybe I have a power of attorney and a representation agreement, that's an estate plan. And it, and it absolutely isn't. There is so much more to it than that. It's about, you know, as, as you know, Jack has been talking about, it's the taxation piece, it's the retirement angle, the, you know, the, the investment strategy to, to, to fund all of these, you know, wonderful things that you want to, to do or, or achieve during retirement. It's, it's just, it, it, it's so much more than just having that, that traditional will that's written on the back of a cereal box or something like that. That's definitely the, the biggest misconception, I would say. And I guess every single instance is different. Every single situation is different. Some people are passing along a business to their children. Some people don't have children. Some people are passing it on to to somebody outside their family, but they want their their family to profit from it. So I guess it's really important that you look at every case as an individual case. Absolutely, and and I mean that that's that's the that's the exciting part of the job. I mean, you know, people think it's a little bit weird when you say that you know that you're excited by your work, but it, but it's true. And 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 the, the variation between the different family dynamics and circumstances and things of that nature that's that's um, that's all all you know sort of par for the course. But as you say, it's it's essential that you know, there isn't a, a, a cookie cutter approach. You know, we really need to sit down with each family we work with and get a sense of, you know, where they're at. Yeah. And I, I think it's important that, that uh, you guys get excited about things like tax laws, because, <laughs> because I think for a lot of people, they're, they're um, sort of intimidated by it. But I love it when I hear somebody who, who is excited about a new bill or a new tax law, because it means that those, those are the people you want on your team, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I like to think that other than that, I'm fairly well adjusted, but yeah, that's, that's quite right. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Uh, that's Paul Lindsay along with Jack Lou. There are a couple of estate planners from Macmillan Estate Planning, and they have a virtual seminar you can uh, attend this Wednesday, 630. Uh, it's September 8th, and you can sign up for it at their website, which is macmillanestate.com. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about how estate planning can help you uh, and also about how this federal election is uh, making it a little bit of a different thing. It's a bit of a game changer. And we'll get their expert opinion uh, on how the federal election is, uh, is affecting your possible estate planning. And we'll be back with more from Macmillan Estate Planning when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And uh, this afternoon, we're talking about estate planning with the folks from Macmillan Estate Planning, uh, Jack Lou and Paul Lindsay, a couple of estate planners. Uh, you can find them online at macmillanestate.com. They have a vir virtual seminar coming up this Wednesday at 6.30, and uh, they can answer all your questions. And as Paul said, it's going to be a very exciting evening. Uh, but they, they are seriously celebrating 25 years in estate planning. Uh, and uh, you want people like 
Jack and Paul on your side. And uh, Paul, let's talk about the uh, the election. Uh, it was it was kind of a snap election. Uh, it, it it came as a surprise at first, and then we realized, oh no, an election was coming. But how does a federal ele- election like the one we're we're about to go through? How does that affect how people uh, a state plan? Yeah, I mean that's you know as I said that's that's a very here and now um, point to make, Martin. And and like all elections, there are always promises made there's always posturing before and and that sort of thing but you know from our from our perspective we're looking at you know those those things that that are being bandied around that are going to have application to us in the world of estate planning um one of the 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 usual suspects that tends to rear its head around election time is this this idea of a wealth tax now, right. the, the, the idea is that it would lead to the wealthiest in society paying a one-off annual tax based upon their overall net worth. It's, it's on the basis that if you have an estate worth more than $20 million, you will pay a 1% tax, or if it's over $50 million, it'll be 2%. Those, those are certainly the, the parameters that are being proposed. Um, it's it's a, an, an interesting one, though, because I, I know we're not here to debate you know, it in, in any great detail, but on the one hand, people say, well this sort of tax would be a great thing. I mean, it, it would give federal government the, the, the influx of, of tax, of cash to help, you know, help us recover from the pandemic. But on the flip side, is it going to lead to the, the wealthiest in the country moving their money or their other assets, maybe their businesses, out of Canada, which will have an inevitable impact upon you know, the wider economy? But what I will say is, is based on a, a, a poll by, that was conducted last year by, by a company called Abacus, it seems the vast majority of the country would actually be in favor of the introduction of this sort of tax. Right. Because it sort of seems like something that uh, a politician could get cheers for on the campaign trail because it seems, it seems fair. That, but but what, what does that uncertainty uh, mean for people who are in the middle of, of planning their estate, maybe uh, moving a business or, or, or just winding down their, their business affairs? Yeah, it's, it's, uncertainty is the word there, isn't it, Martin? It, it's, elections always breed a certain amount of uncertainty and, and, and likewise, you know, as do, as do world events. I mean, if we look at, you know, things like the U.S. election last year, um, something that's fairly close to my heart, the infamous Brexit, you know, both of those things had a knock-on effect on, you know, the stock markets. And, and you know, sometimes then people start to panic and maybe they're making investment decisions that they wouldn't usually make. And, more often than not, those decisions are usually made to their detriment. Okay, mm-hmm. so so with that in mind, it's, it's our job to to, to sort of focus on, on what we term the, the safeguarding of clients' assets as a priority so that, you know, irrespective of things like, um, you know, world events, market forces, all that sort of thing, we're looking at the tools that we have available that can, you know, allow our clients to protect the estate that they've built. Right. So, so Jack, let's look at some of those tools that you, that you have in your toolbox at Macmillan Estate Planning, which is uh, macmillanestate.com. What kind of strategies can you use to protect assets? So, uh, first, for, 
first things first, uh, when, you know, a small business, for example, uh, small business owners uh, think, think about uh, transitioning their running, from running the business to retirement, uh, there are many opportunities we, we, we can, uh, you know, take advantage of in terms of planning, uh, you know, around, uh, you know, um, transitioning the, their business to their, their next generation without tax consequence. One, one of the commonly uh, used and, and very uh, advantageous uh, uh, strategy uh, is estate freeze, uh, which you know, um, uh, the, the, which means you know we we use the holding company that uh, uh, th- that carries out a transaction that allows us to swap the the, the shares and you know um, throw the common shares back into the corporation and and uh, take out the preferred shares and along the the you know, next couple of decades or next years, uh, we can reap the, the corporate profitability uh, out, out of those, uh, those dividend-bearing uh, preferred shares and also as a, as a uh, uh, you know, very advantageous retirement strategy, we can use the preferred shares and redeem those shares for profit to, to live on. Uh, that's one of the strategies. But, and, and also, Paul mentioned that because of the uncertainties, uh, you know, in, in, in our world, in the world that we live in, we can always protect our financial assets inside what we call investment trusts, where you do or your assets uh, do enjoy uh, protective benefits like, uh, gar- you know, principal guarantees, you know, profit freeze as well as the bypass of the infamous probate, especially in British Columbia, the probate is is quite expensive. So, by 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 having the assets bypass the probate, uh, you know, we we kind of eliminated that that taxation. Hmm. That sounds like the reason you need Macmillan <laughs> Estate Planning on your team. Uh, that's Jack Lou, Paul Lindsay are are my guests. Uh, com is the website. You can sign up for a, a virtual seminar this Wednesday at 6.30. They've also got one on September 22nd, a Wednesday, and then Wednesday, October 13th. So they, it's, a, it's a great way, you know, with very little risk to go in, get your questions answered, and uh, find out how estate planning can save you uh a lot of not just money but a, a lot of a lot of heartache and trouble and uh, another topic i want to get into with you guys and paul i'll ask you this one uh with the borders opening up a lot of people uh you know snowbirds uh will be excited about the change that they have finally after like almost two years will be able to go back into the u.s um do you have some advice for those people when they can finally travel again when it comes to their estate and maybe they have property in the States and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Initially, Martin, I thought you were asking for maybe some practical advice for them, but I mean, from a planning... (laughs) It was a bit specific. (laughs) You know, tourist hotspots and things, but no, I mean, on a... On a, on a practical level, yeah, absolutely. People are, are, are sort of desperate, I think, to get down south, and that's either for the tourism point or because, you know, they they have real estate. They have recreational properties that they want to go and visit. Um, what I would say is that when we have people come to us and say, you know, we really love spending time in the U.S., we want to buy a home there, what we will you know, typically guide them towards is the use of a, a, a Canadian resident trust to own that property. 
and you know the the the, the the sort of conditions are that, that, you know, usually that home is worth more than $300,000 and the client's ultimate intention is to transfer it to their spouse and, you know, and or their children when they die. Um, the only thing that I've, I've got to sort of reinforce there is that it's really important from a, you know, a sort of uh, taxation point of view on both sides of the border that the trust to own that property in the U.S. is created before the property is acquired. That, that, that strategy just does not work, you know, retrospectively. Okay. Um, right. And, you know, this, this solution generally is about, you know, sort of mitigating or removing any, any liabilities to, to estate tax down in the U.S., yeah, because that seems like something that can become very uh, convoluted and uh, and expensive sometimes when it comes to taxes. And it, I think it's worth noting that Macmillan Estate Planning, uh, you are are not just focused on the Lower Mainland, but across Canada, uh, the United Kingdom, and the USA. So you are a, a somewhat international company. Absolutely, absolutely. You're, you're, you're taking the words out of my mouth, Martin. That's, that's, <laughs> okay. that's it. You're truly international is the, is the sort of focus. Yeah, and, th- and that would be important because I think a lot of people, um, you know, they maybe buy property in the U.S. And uh, it, it, I know people who have lived and worked in the U.S. briefly and the, their tax situation when they're paying income tax in two countries and they're, you know, maybe they own some property there. It's very complicated. And I think that would be one reason you would need Macmillan estate planning on your side. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think all of us have, uh, or many people certainly have estates that are significantly more complicated than perhaps they could have been, you know, 30, 40 years ago. And so, you know, that's really where, where we come in just to, you know, join those dots between not only the, the, the issues themselves, but, but again, as you said, the jurisdictions. Um, right. And, you know, everybody wants to try and sort of give the, the various taxing authorities around the world a little bit less money every year. And, and that's, you know, that's a, an integral part of estate planning. Right. So uh, it's it's Macmillan Estate Planning. We're talking to Jack Lou and Paul Lindsay. And in the uh, few minutes that we have left, let's talk about the seminars. They're virtual seminars. Anybody can just go to your website at macmillanestate.com and sign up, right? Yeah, absolutely, Martin. That's that's the way that it works, and the the, the logic is is that we will, you know, impart, a, uh, you know, we'll sort of, I suppose, tease certain certain bits and pieces of information, and and the the idea is is that if you know, any of your, your listeners view the, the webinar and think, okay, it would make sense. There are some issues here that have been raised that, that, um, that have application to me. Well, we'd be, you know, delighted to then have a, a complimentary consultation or two just to, you know, learn about their situation a bit more and, and give them some, some initial guidance. Yeah. So, so what kind of people uh, do you do you find? Do they range from you know really small businesses, individuals to 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 larger larger holdings, things like that? Um, I, I, I would say that it, it's a pretty pretty broad you know broad uh, broad spectrum spectrum, Martin. I mean, it, it um, yeah. you know it can start at one end from from sort of young up and coming entrepreneurs, you know, right the way through to people who are very much in retirement, but they nonetheless have built this, you know, this legacy, this estate that they want to properly plan with. Um, so, you know, we have 
as I said, we have the, the sort of entrepreneurs at one end right through to those in um, being diplomatic, you know, they're, they're sort of advanced years uh, and everything in between. I mean, it, it, you know, th- there is no age barrier here. It's more about just having a legitimate need to plan. Right. That's why Macmillan Estate Planning are the people to call. People like Paul Lindsay and Jack Lou. MacmillanEstate.com is the website. They have a bunch of seminars coming up. The The next one is this Wednesday, September 8th at 6.30. You can go to MacmillanEstate.com to sign up and it's absolutely free. Also, Wednesday, September 22nd is another one, and then Wednesday, October 13th. And you can also give them a call, too. Uh, they have a phone number, one four zero six two six six sixty four sixty four. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you talking to me. No problem. Thank you, Martin. It's great All to right. be with you, Martin. Great. Jack Lou and Paul Lindsay, it's Macmillan Estate Planning. This is Vancouver Consumer. And when we come back... If you are buying anything off Facebook on something you saw on a Facebook ad, you might want to take a closer look at who's selling the stuff. That's when Vancouver Consumer uh, continues right after this. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong and a big thanks to Jack Lou and Paul Lindsay from Macmillan Estate Planning. If you want to uh, go to their website, macmillanestate.com, you can sign up for their virtual seminar coming up on Wednesday, September 8th at 6.30 and uh, all your estate planning questions uh, will be answered. And as you heard, uh, those guys know their tax laws and they know how to save you uh, from paying tax that you don't need to pay. So uh, if you have any questions at all, go to Macmillan Estate Planning, their website, macmillanestate.com. Sign up for that uh, seminar this Wednesday at 6.30. And if you've been on Facebook and you've seen ads for David Suzuki endorsed CBD gummies, beware, it's a scam. And I, I've seen these ads for, for like quite a few weeks now. The Vancouver-based David Suzuki Foundation, which does not sell CBD products of any kind, are sounding the alarm as more and more people fall victim to the online scheme, which includes a series of fraudulent websites. The foundation says there are dozens of confirmed victims, but it is uh, afraid that the numbers could be much higher as fake articles about the product continue to circulate online despite calls for help from authorities. And uh, probably a lot of people get duped by this and they just sort of let it slide and they don't report it to anybody. But Brendan Glauser is a communications director with the David Suzuki Foundation, DSF, and he says it's been really frustrating. They have reported this to everybody from the RCMP to local police detachments, to Facebook themselves. And Glauser says Facebook unearthed about 20 accounts propagating the scam of David Suzuki-endorsed CBD, but just a handful have been removed, and there's been no comment from Facebook. Uh, CBD is uh, one of more than a dozen major chemicals that come from the cannabis plant, but it's the part of cannabis 
that uh, doesn't get you high, but a lot of people say it has health benefits, especially for arthritis. And they are legal in Canada, and they're often used to treat chronic pain. But fake articles circulating online, including one on a website pretending to be the media organization NBC Universal, boasted that David Suzuki and celebrity investor Kevin O'Leary are embroiled in a legal battle over those CBD gummies. And if you've seen a picture of Kevin O'Leary and David Suzuki, you're not alone. I've seen those for weeks and weeks now. Uh, the fake articles then link to an online shop where users can buy these Suzuki branded products. One woman says she was in a hurry. She saw the ad. She uses CBD for her arthritis and she clicked on the ad and gave her credit card number. Uh, it looked legit. It was on Facebook. Uh, within minutes, she says her credit card was charged $300 before she canceled it minutes later. She has reported the incident to the RCMP. The foundation has confirmed at least 56 people have fallen victim to the scam since it first arose in July. And David Suzuki's people expect it to keep growing that list. So if you see CBD gummies with the David Suzuki brand on them, it's a scam. Well, this is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Stay tuned. Global News is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.